<laughs> All right, let's go. So currently it's what time by you, Celeste? Um, it's 6.09 a.m. on a Saturday morning. Guys, it is 6 a.m. in Australian time. I'm talking with my friend Celeste, whom I met in Copenhagen, and she woke up hella early just to record this podcast with me. So let's just give a hand for Celeste. Thank you so much for being here, <laughs> sharing your mornings with me. Um, truly, I appreciate it. No worries at all. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Excited yes. to talk about and travel. Yes. I mean, so you've been to how many countries at this point? You're you're definitely more travel than I am at this point. I've, um, yeah, I've been to about um, 42 countries, if you were to include Australia, where I live, because it's such a big place and there's many, many states to explore. But also if you were to include like those teeny tiny places like Liechtenstein in Switzerland or something like that. But yeah, I've been to a few places, which is pretty damn lucky. That is crazy. So how many of these have you done solo trips? You, I know for a while you traveled with your um, ex-boyfriend, I remember you saying. Yes, I've always traveled with either a partner or a friend because to travel from Australia it's so far away and to do like a solo trip it's it always seemed like like not worth it like it was just better to go with a friend um but when I met you in December of 2022 that was actually my first solo trip so a good 10 years after my first like travel experience pretty much I had my first solo trip um so yeah it was very different but it was absolutely amazing I think it's you have you definitely have different travel experiences when you're traveling alone compared to when you're traveling with someone you know what I mean no a hundred percent I feel like when you travel with other people the experience is more about your relationship with them rather than the environment so definitely yeah. it, it they're both amazing experiences but just a different way to travel for sure it really, really is. That is exactly how I felt um, when I reflected on my recent solo trip. I was like, wow, I really was able to do whatever I wanted and do, like, I was in control of everything. But, yeah, when you're travelling with someone, it is all about that relationship and there's a lot of negotiating. It's like a really intense relationship that happens when you travel together. But it's, it's awesome. It's a great experience. That is definitely something I have not really experienced for myself. So I need more, uh. Uh, <laughs> I need more experiences in that field, traveling with someone else. But, yeah, no, when you're solo, it's so liberating, I feel like, because you don't have to negotiate. Everything is on your own terms. It is. It is. You get to choose how much time you get to socialize and how much time get to spend by yourself you get to decide you know one day I'm just going to read a book the whole day in a cafe and another day you're gonna go spend the day with some randoms that you met in the hotel common room you know it's it's really good <laughs> yes and can we talk about meeting new people I feel like when we stayed in the hostel it was a very social hostel to begin with 
But we stayed in an all-female dorm, which was amazing. It was. That was actually from that trip. I would say that that hostel and that room that we shared together was probably the best one of the entire trip. Um, we had eight of us in the room and probably six out, six out of the eight of us just all happened to, like, get along so well. We had that night out together doing the, the the pub crawl thing and it was just it was like magical Lydia because like we all got along despite our age or um, where we came from or the reason why we were traveling and it was so fun it was so so fun and I'll never forget it it was a great time it was so much fun I think that was one of my best experiences staying in like that kind of female dorm because normally when I travel I stay in mixed dorms because it's just cheaper normally which mm -hmm. is a problem. yeah it's, it's a problem <laughs> hostel world needs to fix that um, yeah. <laughs> it's true um but yeah so I decided to do the female dorm for whatever reason but it was definitely the right choice because literally we were just we just were like, hey, do you want to, like, go out tonight? And then suddenly we were all just getting ready to go to a club <laughs> to party together. Um, we got ready together, left together, and then got home back to the hostel together. It was a great time. <laughs> it was. It was. And it was like we almost knew each, each other beforehand because, I don't know, we just all got along really well. It was really beautiful. Um, yes. But I totally agree. I usually – have gone to mixed dorms as well because it's cheaper but um I just thought you know because it was my Copenhagen was my first stop on my first solo travel trip so I was like oh you know safety reasons I'll go into a, an all-girl dorm and it was yeah it was the best thing I did to start off the trip um very grateful to have met all of you there that night Yes, I'm, I feel so fortunate to have met you on your first solo trip. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's super special. But do you think that your perceptions of traveling now has changed now that you've been solo as far as, like, what you believed before? Did you have any fears? And, like, how were those fears um, confronted when you actually did these solo experiences? Oh, that's a great question. Um with the fears, it mainly came from flying, actually. I think the older I've gotten, the more fearful and um, irrational my thoughts have been on travelling and flying on a plane, thinking that it's going to go down in flames and then that's it. I'm never even oh going to make gosh. it to my destination. I know, it's really bad. So that, that was the first thing that I had to confront because when I travel with someone, I can console with them and then they can you know help me through it whereas this time I was completely by myself um so that was the first challenge but you know naturally as a solo traveler you make friends with the person next to you on the plane and then they end up you know once you get to know them then you're like a little bit more comfortable and you're like oh okay my irrational thoughts they're irrational I'm going to be just fine um but the other thing with solo travel was just safety because traveling as a, a, a single woman, like you just don't know 
I was quite lucky that most of the trip was um, around the Scandinavian region, and I know that it's, it's quite safe there. Um, but I did go to Turkey at the end of my of the at the end of my trip, um, or Turkey. Now that that's their name now, and I had some friends who were well travelled pre warn me before I left, saying, you know, just be extra cautious. Um, it's just a different culture out there. Um, and I knew that if I was travelling with a boyfriend, for example, I wouldn't have that fear. Um, so I definitely had to overcome a bit of anxiety about what my friends had told me. But it ended up being so fine. You just have to be street smart as a traveller, a, a little bit more alert as a woman alone, but it was totally fine. So that was really great. And now it's totally set me up to do so much more solo travel and also meeting other solo female travellers like yourself. It's just inspiring stuff, like meeting you and you telling me about your travel stories. It, you know, pumped me up to be like, yeah, I can do this. I can go wherever I want and I will be totally fine and happy and safe. Yes, I love to hear that. <laughs> I I would agree that my concern or my fears as a solo female traveller is related to safety because the world that we live in is just an unfortunate reality that there are more barriers for women in anything we do really, but specifically when we travel that men never have to think about. For example, I try to never walk alone at night. I can bet that most men do not have that same concern or rule for themselves. So just extra hurdles that we have to go through as women, it's definitely um, a struggle in like the travel industry, the travel world that maybe one day will change but it should never stop you and I'm so glad that it didn't stop you Celeste and that you've had these amazing experiences in spite of your fears um have you learned yeah. anything about yourself like because you spent so much time alone now versus always traveling with someone like now you're able to focus more on yourself and your own thoughts so is there any like takeaways that you've learned when traveling about yourself that's another really good question. Um, I would say, and maybe it's also come about because I'm getting older, but when I say older, I mean like I'm getting into my later 20s, but um, I'm a lot more confident and um, not afraid to just talk to someone who I don't know. Like I am, nothing will hold me back to just be like, hello, what's your name? Like, where do you come from? What are you doing? <laughs> kind that's, of thing. Literally like, what, that's literally what you said to me when we first met. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it because, like, traveling is the best and most efficient way to learn about the world that we live in. It exposes you to new cultures and you learn about new histories, which sometimes is depressing because there's a lot of war, actually. But... Um, not just the the country or, and culture that you're, you know, currently visiting, but the people. Like after meeting you and the other girls in the dorm, you just learn so much about other people. And it, almost, it also, like, restores your faith in humanity. So I love that I've, I've just grown to be more confident so that I can just randomly talk to other travellers and just get to know them. And it's like, cool, I'll probably 
forget your name, but I'll still <laughs> somehow remember your like travel stories. Yeah. And I just love that. So yeah, probably the confidence part. Mm. What about you? Oh, for me, I think I think I've learned to just trust myself and my intuition a lot more mm. because yeah. when I spent the five and a half weeks in Europe by myself, that was, I mean, the longest time I've spent with myself in my whole life because I live with my mm. family currently. Um, mm. and I've never really went abroad before that. And so that was a really big learning experience in just knowing yeah. that at the end of the day, my voice should override anyone else's and that some people might have valuable input, but it's not for me to prioritize above my own. And so I think that's what I've learned is that at the end of the day, I have to turn to my own heart and my own soul and just listen to what it's telling me and kind of override every all the other noise. I love that. That is so true. Wow. <laughs> That's really powerful. What a great reflection. <laughs> but I mean, same for you. Um, have you, do you think in these travel experiences, have you really changed as a person, would you say? Like how have you, how, how has travel transformed um, who you were before you started traveling versus after? Oh, I would, uh, look, I think I've always been um, a very bubbly, kind of open um, to new experiences and learning new things kind of person. But I don't know. I feel like travel has just – it kind of has made me the person that I am in terms of, like, how I interact with people, how I listen to people because I feel like when you travel, you have to actively listen to what people are saying and the stories that they're sharing. So I think I really learned how to listen properly. Um, and the sense of understanding and empathy with others, because when you travel, you meet people who have come from completely different lives and sometimes they're not as fortunate at your as yours. Others are more fortunate. They've lived more fortunate lives than you, but, like, I don't know, you just sort of learn to just empathise with them and, and have a really strong sense of understanding of where they've come from. And I, I, I don't really know how to describe it, but maybe it's just improved my traits and, and skills. I, I, I don't really know. That's actually kind of hard to answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it is hard to answer because you don't see the changes in yourself. I think as much as maybe other people or just cause you're, you're with yourself every single minute of the day, you don't see these micro changes that are happening. But I think yeah. if we were to look back a year, five years ago today, that we're actually completely different people. At least that's how I feel about myself. I feel like I'm, I'm a completely different person. Even when I look back during the pandemic, I'm like, wow, that girl's, she has no idea yeah. what she's going to experience and how, she, how she's going to be like now. Yeah, I, I think that's very true. So did you travel um, 
once the pandemic had started kind of thing or did you travel before the pandemic as well I literally during the pandemic and before I have really never traveled <laughs> oh wow that's crazy yeah so yeah. It, was, it was after the pandemic kind of like around well wait when was it I'm I'm getting I completely have lost track of time. <laughs> it was in 2020 when it really hit. Yeah, so definitely, yeah, afterwards, after the uh, restrictions have, like, eased down and stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like even for our trip, the pandemic didn't really seem like it, it existed over there, which was great. Very convenient <laughs> for me. <laughs> Yeah, so I would love to hear about your experiences in Australia because I have never talked to someone on this podcast for one about living in Australia and I you don't really meet many Australians in the United States because I mean I guess why would you come here if you're from Australia? <laughs> but yeah, I would love to hear your experience in a different continent. Sure, yeah. I feel like now a lot of Australians are traveling to to the Americas and I think it's like the new hot destination, but there's just way too many Aussies that go to Europe and um, Southeast Asia all the time. It's probably why you met me and you probably met a heap of other Australians on your trip. I've met Europe. so many. <laughs> yeah, we're everywhere. We love it because it's like... Um, and I love Australians. Y'all are so friendly. <laughs> we're just like... I don't know if it's an, a cultural thing now, but it's like as soon as you finish high school, everyone's like, all right, we've got to do a backpacking trip to either <laughs> Europe or Southeast Asia for at least three months. And then it, it's like a coming of age thing that happens. Like it's very common. And then we just get all excited and then we become travellers. It's, it's the way amazing. of living in Australia. <laughs> I respect that yeah. so much. And I feel like the US has a lot to take note from that. It's it's definitely a privilege, though. Like, I, uh, I completely acknowledge that not every Australian has had that opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we're pretty grateful people over here, and so we recognise, you know, if we can travel, we're pretty damn lucky. <laughs> I would say being a teacher in Australia is, like, the best thing because I love my job. I love the school where I teach at but we also have really good working conditions and pay for the job. So our school terms are really different to yours and our biggest um, school holidays is during our summertime, which unfortunately means it's wintertime everywhere else that I want to travel to. But essentially throughout the year I get um, three school holidays that go for two weeks each. And then the big summer holiday break that goes for six weeks at the end of the year. So our Christmas time. Um, and so though I didn't really do it at the start of my career because there's just so much work to do. You usually work through your holidays. Um, it's like amazing. Like you can just book to go away for four weeks, whether that's, you know, in the Americas or Europe or something like that. And sure, the flights are a little bit more expensive because everyone has time off during that time. But it's just I can travel for the entire school holiday period 
and I'm also still getting paid um, because that's part of my working conditions. So sometimes if I'm travelling to a cheap uh, place, um, my pay could pretty much, like, pay for the holiday, if that makes sense. Mm, so it's yeah. an amazing, amazing opportunity and, it's like, privilege to have. So, one, I love my job, and, two, I don't plan on leaving it anytime soon because I get to travel while also having the best job in the world. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was job. wondering... What are your future yeah. travel plans? What's on the horizons for you? Well, so taking full advantage of the school holidays that I get as part of my job, I'm going to travel to, uh, well, actually the first term holidays, I'm going to go on a cruise. <laughs> That's within Australia. It's on the bucket list. I've always wanted to go on a cruise. I think they're insane. So I'm just going to be going to Queensland and seeing the Great Barrier Reef from a, yeah, doing a couple of day trips up there, which is great. And then I will be going to Singapore in August and then I've got a trip booked in September to go to Morocco. And then hopefully, awesome. <laughs> yeah, and then hopefully maybe if I have enough money, I'm going to go to USA, to the USA. Um, I haven't done any plans for it but hopefully I can spend eh? yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly and spend four weeks there so that's that's my plan this year wow four Um, weeks in the U.S. yeah if if I can and if I can afford it because I also don't know our flights are really expensive like I don't know if you remember me saying but I paid three and a half thousand dollars Australian dollars just to get return airfare tickets to Europe that's so, crazy. yeah, so I don't know what it's going to be like to fly to America. If I was to fly to Morocco in June, it would have costed me 5000 Australian dollars, just return tickets. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Hopefully right. the but, but in exchange, you get cheap Asian flights, right? Like Indonesia, Thailand, are those fairly yeah. cheap flights? We do, we do. It's, it, there's usually a deal every now and then, very cheap. Even Japan, Japan is pretty cheap to fly to, which is great. Where has been your favourite place that you've travelled so far? Oh, that's a hard question to answer. But I would say, like, overall, Japan will be my favourite country ever to go mm-hmm. to. It's just so weirdly unique in every way and the food is out of this world the people are so humble like the culture is alive and well despite it being also so modern like it's just such a cool place and great fashion (laughs) so much great fashion over there so yeah i I would say japan yeah what about you my favorite place I've said it before and I will say it again, but Hawaii is just such a special place. And I don't know, I've never been to Australia, so maybe you'll say all the beaches there, like, can't compare. But from my experience, it's just, it's it's what connected to my soul the most. Yeah. Oh, I love that. 
Yeah, I remember you telling me when I met you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why? I, I literally say to everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. It's a special connection that you'll have with that country now for the rest of your life. Yeah, yes, for sure. Even though technically it's like part of the state. So when people say like, where's your favorite place? I know they expect me to say a country, not a U.S. state. But I mean, technically Hawaii should be its own country because we illegally overtook the country so, or took overtook the government so but that's that's a different issue <laughs> yeah. yeah no you're not wrong I actually didn't know that it wasn't considered its own country I thought it was mm-hmm. yeah it's one of I think it, it was the last state or maybe that Alaska was the last but it was it was one of the last states that became part of the U.S. Um, and Hawaiians had no say in it <laughs> Yeah, it's unfortunate. The the awful but, history of colonization. Yeah. And Australia has a history with like British colonization, right? Because Australia used to be a British territory. Yeah. There is I, I could that could be a whole nother podcast episode. I love <laughs> like informing other people from from around the world about it because it's like it's not really well-known worldwide, but it is a really complex and traumatic thing. We have basically our own genocide over here um, from our really awful history. We have a very dark history here in Australia that's not well-known. Um, but is it's, it well-known known amongst, amongst Australians? Like, is it taught in schools? Um, it didn't used to be when I was going when I was going through my senior years of high wow. school. Um, but it's to not know, I know your own country's past. Yeah, look, we had a, we had a really whitewashed curriculum um, where we didn't really learn about our um, dark history, but um, it's becoming more well-known um, as the years go by, but there's still a lot of gaps in knowledge. There's still a lot of racism towards our First Nations people. Um, And when I say First Nations, I'm referring to Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people. And, yeah, they still cop racism. There's still a lot of stereotypes towards them. Our government is still really slow on change. Like, we don't have a treaty with First Nations people. We're the only country in the world that doesn't have that with... um, like protection the indigenous people. or rights for ind- native peoples of Australia? A, a whole range of things, like land rights, protections, um, even their own ability to, like, govern themselves or look after their own children. It's it's a whole, it's a very complex thing, but um, slowly we're becoming more aware of the intergenerational trauma that they've experienced in our stolen generation. And as I said before, that there was even a genocide and the really awful, just inhumane practices that our previous governments had and enforced on them. Like, it's just really awful. And when we have the time, I'll have a whole podcast on it because, like, very (laughs) big on spreading awareness. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I'd, I'd love to hear more thoughts about that because it really is so sad that 
the most important parts of history, like the ones that the, the events that shape our our history and societies, swept under the rug because what's more important is how we were saviors of the earth and like you know the glorification of Western um, colon colon. I'm losing my words. <laughs> Colonizing. <Colonizers. laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But, exactly right. But I um. I yeah. Want, you were on. The, I, oh, sorry. Go on. <laughs> I know that you're short on time, so I just wanted to wrap it up with one last question. Um, yeah. I forgot. Happy Women's <laughs> History Month for for one. Let me yeah, say that. Thanks. Yeah. And, happy International Women's Day. Yes. To follow up, what are you most proud of yourself for, Celeste? Oh, I would say as of recently, just being more assertive and saying how I feel, like like saying what I need to say in a respectful way, but in an assertive way so that I'm taken more seriously, I'm respected and I'm listened to because as women, sometimes we don't get that respect automatically. Um, but I've definitely found my voice and, yeah, I've, I've overcome that whole, you know, I'll just sit back and be silent on, you know, different things. And now I'm like, nah, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> so, yeah, probably that. Yes. Oh, I love that for you. Thank you so much for sharing, Celeste. Thank you so much for asking me such great questions. You're an awesome host. Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> I I really enjoyed this conversation. I'd love to have you back whenever. Maybe we can meet up someday. I'm trying to go to Morocco. I don't know about September, but I mean, <laughs> hopefully one of these dates we'll run into each other in, a, in some country. I hope so. Maybe even America at the end of the year. Who knows? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'd love to have you come and visit, but... Um, yeah, um, get some sleep. Go back Thank to sleep you. now. <laughs> <laughs> you have a great day, seeing as it's like 2 p.m. On you, in your time. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much. All right. Bye, Celeste. See you, Lydia. Bye.